This is the Trail Trash Podcast. Gonna try to do my best, Jason here. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> I say do my best, Jason, because it is just John and I tonight. Jason, uh, God love him, man. Two graduations in a week. I, well, yeah, more power to him. So best of luck with all that, Jason. We'll try to hold it down for you. So, um, yeah, so John and I are here, and I think tonight we are going to talk about some of the non-glamorous sides of ultra running and, and our races. Uh, we're going to talk about our darkest moments and how we've kind of come through those, what we did, what it was like. Like I said, the non-glamorous side, because we all nice, we all like our nice shiny belt buckle pictures. But uh, if you've learned anything from this podcast, our belt buckle pictures are few and far between, uh, and, <laughs> and our dark sides are a little more common. So, um, so John, let's go ahead and just just jump right in. What is if someone's like, man, what's the what's the darkest moment you've ever had? Like where you're like down out on down for the count. What's the worst moment you've ever had? Mm, that's an interesting one. And it could be a mental thing. It could be a physical thing. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking what is. Like I said, the worst moment you've ever, and, and, and we can expand on, it doesn't have to be just in a race format, because I've had some really bad moments on some really long training runs. Yeah. Um, when Will and I were running our double Sewanee, um, I did not think, like, I was in great shape for that run. And I did not think that at the 50K mark, I would be hurting as bad as I did. And I called my wife, Will was was moving along pretty well, and I was... 500 or so yards behind him. I called my wife and, and this is a month out from a 50 mile race. Like there's no reason I should be feeling as bad as I was. And I called her and I was like, Joe, I, th this sucks. Like, why do I do this? Like it hurts. It's dark. I don't want to move. I just want to sit here and I don't care what crawls on me. Like it, it's just, so you ever had, I, I mean, I know we've all had moments like that, but, um, you ever had it in, in which one would you, I guess I'd almost rather have it on a training run. I would love to have as much thrown at me in a training run as, as possible. Um, that way, when it comes on race day, you're a little more equipped for it. So, um, so what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, it's interesting. And it's interesting that you say, talk about, uh, you know, calling your wife in the middle of that run. Um, because my girlfriend would say that she can probably predict how my race has come out by the amount of communication I have uh, with her during them. Um, I've definitely had some moments where it's been like, where I've just, you know, texted her and being like, man, this hurts. This sucks. I hate this. <laughs> uh, looks like we have a, looks like we have a podcast cameo, by the way. <laughs> You want to say hi? You got to say hi. We're talking about 
worst moments that we've ever had running, like when daddy has to go poop in the woods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give you your kisses real quick, okay? Everyone, bye. 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 Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, now that we've got the uh, wholesome moment of this podcast over, right? that is about the only wholesome thing on this podcast. Now, <laughs> side note, spoiler alert. However, you want to look at it. Most of my dark moments, that little one pulls me out of. So, anyway. You were saying that your your girlfriend would just be like, wow, okay, cool. So this is how this is going to go, huh? Great. Awesome. Here for it. Yeah, like I remember like after about the first 100 miles, she was like, yeah, I was surprised with how positive, you know, you sounded during that when I was, you know, messaging her some like updates. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, have you ever called her in the middle of a training run? Like, have you ever had that kind of moment? Because you're... You're a, a very introverted fellow, which is fine. Kind of why you, and remember, we've talked about it before. That's why you kind of gravitate towards this long distance, self-reliance out there by yourself. When you are in that dark moment and you've got Drago's picture hanging on the mirror and you get ready to crumple it, like what's the, what, what pulls you out of those dark moments? Oh man, I don't know. Uh, or or do you thrive in those moments like um like goggins man like embrace it like it, it's almost and i was listening to a, the rich roll podcast from a couple years ago with him for whatever reason on our flight back from disney um none of my stuff wanted to connect to the airplane wi-fi uh so i was just like scrolling through downloaded podcasts and i had like 14 or 15 and I'm just scrolling through. It's like, okay, it's an hour and a half flight. Let's find something that's a little bit longer than that, maybe a little bit shorter. I don't know. Depends on how long this kid's going to be crying in the back of the plane. Um, so I stumbled upon this rich role, David Goggins podcast. I think it was from 2019. His book had just come out. And he he like lives for that suck moment. And it's it's kind yeah, of some level, you know, we have to do too. Like, you know, that's uh that's why we do these things. It's not because it's easy because it's hard right 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 um, <laughs> and it's like you know it's never as bad as it may seem in that moment right like mm -hmm. i know carl Meltzer is famous for saying you know it never always gets worse meaning at some point it's not going to keep getting worse like right right it's not going to be easy but you know at some point you know it's it's going to give way to something else it's kind of like I saw um, someone on some social media had posted and it was a Dean Karnazes quote and it was, uh, it only hurts until it doesn't. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm like, well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, so I just, like, what kind of, what do you turn to? Um, what has worked for you? Because you're, you don't really do much music when you run, do you? You, you really like the whole solitude of it all yeah like i enjoy being alone with my thoughts um not they're not always pleasant thoughts but i mean well i feel like <laughs> 100 no, miles I mean, is a long time to have a lot of thoughts and they ain't all gonna be sunshine and rainbows so no, yeah. not at all 
And on some level, I feel like, you know, people could benefit more from, you know, being alone with their thoughts because it's so easy just to tune everything out these days. But, um, sure. yeah, I mean, first off, you just got to be comfortable with knowing you're just going to be out there for a long time. You're going to do these things um, and then accept that not everything's going to go your way. Um Like you can only control so many things. So when it does get bad, it's like, all right, well, I'm feeling awful. What can I control? What right. can I do to make this get better? Instead of focus on, man, this weather sucks. Like, yeah, it's, you know, we're uh, at You're the summit east to the Mississippi and it's hailing and 40, 50 mile per hour wind gust. And I'm on the most technical section of this course, you know, 40, 50 miles deep into the race. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or just or just that entire race up until that point from the start line where we walked to the start line and just that downpour. Um, we're like, cool. So this is how this race is going to start. All right. Well, I guess it can't get any much worse from here. So, um, like, yeah, well, you know, it's pouring rain and I'm soaked from the first step of this race. And, well, I guess I'm just going to be wet all day. <laughs> right. Right. So. No matter how much, you know, jackets or ponchos I put on. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Man, that was a, it. They used the picture on their on their social media. I guess it was a week from whenever. And it was a picture of that start line. I was like, oh, I remember that day. Yeah. And by the way, we're uh, for our listeners, we're talking about Hellbender 2022. And that, mm-hmm. was, <laughs> that race was tough as far as the weather, which, by the way, the way that race is uh, occurring this weekend starts tomorrow morning at. 4 30 a.m local time so good luck to everyone running that it's absolutely it's gonna be hard <laughs> right how's the weather look have you looked uh it can be worse than last year <laughs> oh, i don't know if it could be only thing is if it was cold yeah, for sure but yeah. i don't I, I don't mind rain and i don't mind cold but i don't like cold rain yeah together that yeah that you're, you're looking at uh you're looking at trouble like you're looking at yeah you know, hypothermic conditions where that's actually like a real concern. Right. Yeah. I would, I would rather it be 28 or lower and dry or 35 and wet or higher and wet. But when you get in that 28 to 35, where it could easily turn to snow and you could easily get in some real big trouble. Yeah. That's a dark moment for sure. Yeah. And I mean that, yeah. And I don't know if I can think just like, you know, one of, I don't know if I can pick like, you know, the darkest moment of my ultra running career, but that race was definitely had a lot of dark moments because for sure, you know, coming down from the summit of Mount Mitchell down the Black Mountain Crest Trail, which is just an absolute beast, even in good weather, just because it's so technical. It's like, man, you know, I just feel that time taking away. I'm moving as well as I can, but it's just, you know, slipping away and I just don't know if I can do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and to your credit, you know, we were all there at, what, I don't even remember what mile it was. I just remember that I had like three or four cheeseburgers because they were just getting ready to throw them all away. Um, <laughs> to your credit, though, when we, when you came down and, and you weren't necessarily very negative about it, I believe your words were, did I run out of time? It wasn't, I'm done. It wasn't, I quit. It wasn't, I can't go any farther. It was very, very uh, Vince Lombardi of you. Like we didn't lose the game. We just ran out of time. Um, 
Yeah, like I said, I just felt it slipping away coming down that set, descent. And, you know, I can usually make up a lot of time on, you know, descents. That's, I, I love them. I live for them. Uh, just, you know, not in that type not of terrain in and that weather. That was, that was brutal. <laughs> yeah, no one's, no one's doing much descending on that one. So, um, yeah. I, and I, I really think if I had a darkest moment, um, there's actually probably, probably, from um not even this past no business not even the one i dnf'd um because because there were some dark moments i mean when you can't when you physically can't keep anything in for four hours <laughs> it sucks it sucks and it was very much one of, like but it was one of those at the same time like i remember i was sitting at one of the aid stations and um it was, I forget which mile marker it was. It was before the aid station before I saw you guys um, at at 50. Um, and, and I went up to the aid station workers. I said, I'm done. Like, I, like I, I can't keep anything in. There's no point going on. Like, it, like I'm done. Like, I'm, what's the easiest way to get to the next aid station where, uh, where my crew is? And the guy said, well, you're going to have to wait an hour and a half. Uh, and then we can take you to this point. Uh, which is still about a mile walk in, uh, or you can just keep going. I was like, well, actually, no, he didn't even say that. My thought was, well, then, okay, well, then I'll just keep going. Like, so I went over, sat down for an hour, took a little bit of a nap, tried to eat something, didn't work. Um, I was like, man, if I'm going to, you know, wait an hour and a half and then still have to walk a mile in, I might as well just walk the four miles to the next aid station and just, <laughs> I'll still beat my, I'll beat my ghost self if he waited and did that and I'd still beat him there. So, um, so even all, amidst all that, it wasn't necessarily that dark. So it was probably the first year I did no business. Um, the year I finished. Um, so we were running the opposite direction and, um, I came into an aid station very much like I came into this one. Um, not as far behind my anticipated time, but I was still, you know, my wife was there and she's seeing people that I came into the last aid station before. Now she's seeing them before me. So she knew that something was off. Um, and to her credit, when I came in, uh, there was 15 minutes left ahead of the cutoff at that point. Um, and, and this is, I will always and forever be thankful to, to my wife because she just knows, based on how I look, she knows what I need to hear and how she needs to say it. Um, so before the race, we talked and I said, you know, she goes, what do I need to look for? And I said, if it ever looks like the soul has left my eyes, we got to have a real hard conversation. Like if it's medical, that's one thing. If it's just me being a baby back bitch, that's another thing. But if it looks like the soul's left my eyes, I'm going to need you to pull something out. So um, I came into the aid station and she came over. She got me and she goes, is this medical? And I said, no. She goes, then sit the fuck down. I was like, yes, ma'am. So, like, <laughs> so I did. She dove right in. You would not know that she had never been part of a race crew before at this point. Um Everything was laid out in the back of the car. She takes my shoes off. We had a sock change there. Um, she's taking squirrel's nut butter and putting it on my feet. 
And she looks up and I will never, ever forget what she said. And this is why, like a couple minutes ago, when I said that um, most of my dark moments, that little girl pulls me out of, um, she looked up and I still get kind of choky about it. Uh, and just, just goes, there is a three-year-old girl at home who expects her daddy to finish. I don't know what you need to do, but you need to figure it out and get this done. And that was all it took. Like, so I will forever and always be thankful to her. Now she did. Were you there? It was at no business this year where she tried that line again. And <laughs> so she goes, there's a four-year-old girl at home. And I said, and she's a fucking home. And there ain't shit she can do for this right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that was one of those like, no, no, we're not playing. Like, this is different. This is not, I need motivation. This is, I cannot keep anything in. <laughs> and she is not going to help with the fact that I can't even swallow water right now. So it was very, <laughs> commend her for trying. Um, but that was a very different kind of help than I needed when I saw you guys at, at, at this year's race. So that is probably the darkest moment that I've ever had. Um, Cause I came in and I was just, I was beat down. If they'd have come over and said, Hey man, we can't let you go. I'd be like, cool. Gave it an honest try. I was first hundred it's all good. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll lick our wounds, put some band-aids on and, and try again next year. Um, that's the mentality that I had. Like I was, I was down and out ready to quit. I was, um, every, I mean, it's my, at that point it was like mile 80 of a, of a hundred, everything hurts. Nothing feels good. Right. Um, visibly upset with how everything had kind of shaken out between those two aid stations. Um, but then she said what she said, we got everything together. She gave me my polls and said, you know, basically get, get on out there, um, passed a guy. And at that point I was, I was moving again. Um, and, and I passed this guy who had passed me and we're actually Facebook friends now. And he, um, ran Umstead this year. No, he volunteered at Umstead this year. So he's uh, from your neck of the woods as actually where he lives. Um, he said, man, look who got a wild hair or something like that. I said, yeah, there's a three-year-old girl who expects a belt buckle. And he just goes, fucking A, man. Fucking A. <laughs> man, and that's what that's one of the things I really love about the ultra scene is, like, I'm Facebook friends with this dude now. Like, you know, I drop him a note every now and then. And I, if it wasn't for... You know, 10 minutes shared on a trail, I wouldn't have this fun story to tell you about some random stranger going fucking A, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's great. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's not all it's not all glamorous. It's not all sunshine and rainbows, man. Like yeah. I would say that over 50% of the race probably sucks. Like we all love our start finish line photos. But most of the race probably sucks. I know you had some dark moments at Rim to River this year. Um, but hey, yeah, uh, now now when you have your dark moments, are they more brought on by a physical stress, i.e., you can't keep anything down, um, or the pain, or are you just like middle of the night? I'm alone with my thoughts. And I, yeah, I don't know what to think about. 
Mm, it's definitely, I mean, it's almost always more mental than it is physical. Mm-hmm. Uh, Have you ever had any bad physical problems? Any bad physical problems other than... Other than that time that you... <laughs> <laughs> I know it's coming. Yeah, we mentioned it on the podcast before, but that time I had a, a very upset... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, GI issue <laughs> that left me uh by the trail, you know, six times over an eight mile period. Fire hose uh, coming out of your backside and <laughs> at the Mount Mitchell challenge. Oh man, that was that was something else. But yeah, other than that, uh, I don't know. Probably, probably not anything too physical. If I look I at like my DNFs, uh, the only. Well, I guess let's see. The only one I had at the 50k distance was at Shawnee Hills in 2018. It in was really defense, high. That's, that's a summer race, and those Midwest summers. Being a Midwestern myself, those Midwest summers suck. Yeah, it was hot and humid. You know, typical you know East Coast type August weather, just late August, and Shawnee I did Hills, the old, Southern uh, yeah Southern Illinois, and I did. Um, a uh a classic corner move where i just you know show up blow up <laughs> right. went out emphasis, a, emphasis a little on the too blow up that race <laughs> yeah and I, and I blew up and i got to mile four to say station at mile 14 i was just like crap this sucks i i, I just i'm not having fun i don't want to do this anymore mm-hmm. and uh quit that race and i don't think i really regret that it just i wasn't having fun and that was that <laughs> you you mentally handle your dns pretty well like you don't i it, it, i guess i don't i don't know how i want to say what i want to say but you're you're very much like yeah I, I didn't finish whatever there's another one we'll be okay whereas here yeah. i'm still kicking myself about not you know taking my own electrolytes for 30 miles of a race and that race was seven months ago. Yeah. I mean, after it's over, it's like, well, I can't change that. So it's like moving forward. It's like, well, what can I learn from that DNF? <laughs> what were the failure points that led to me either quitting that race voluntarily or involuntarily? Mm-hmm. And how do uh what can I control to prevent that from happening in the future? Right. Mm-hmm. Um with the mental stuff, I don't know. It's, I guess it's more of a question of just like, you know, and I don't know, maybe build a, build a motivation and just, yeah, again, just find a ways just to keep yourself going. Now, um, do you do any quote unquote mental training? Like, do you, I know Jason's big on his headspace. That's all well and good. And I do encourage people that, to look into that because your mentality is so important in, in so many things, but do you ever deliberately make your runs suck? Like where you, <laughs> and, and I think one of the things that I did for, well, I did it for this year too, I guess. So I can't really say that it helped or, or didn't help. Goggins four, four, four by four by 48 is mentally a drain. And I think, Sometimes I try to make that a little bit harder by not sleeping later 
between them. Yeah, that and um, also like the Yeti style, like 24 hour challenge. Um, obviously, that's a day shorter, but is that, that, five, is that four by four? Or no, that's five by four by 24 or four by five. It's like, it's, it's like, yeah, it's a run every four hours for 24 hours. Mm -hmm. um, before, yeah, or whatever distance you want. Like before my first 100 mile finish, um, I did that. So like, I, I, but I did like, you know, like a 10K. So like four or well, every four hours, you know, a 6.2-ish or six and a quarter, I think that's what I ended up at. Just because it fit like nicely in the loop around my house. Uh, one of those every four hours for 24 hours. So six by, you know, roughly a 10K distance and, you know, 37-ish miles for like a 24-hour period. And I feel like that's actually a pretty good um, training technique you can incorporate for like, you know, like a 100-mile race because it gets you out running at, you know, times of the day that you're not normally running, especially like overnight. Um, mm -hmm. It gets you out there when you're like a little like low on sleep and all I've had are like, you know, cat naps because you know with uh four hours between each run i mean you're not going to get a whole lot of a whole no. lot of sleep at least not enough that's that you're going to be like comfortable with it so right. I, that's actually a pretty pretty good tool i think sure and the other thing you can do with that is and and if you just want to do during daylight hours what you can do with with that kind of training technique is train your stomach especially if you're only going for like a four mile loop you don't really have to worry too much, but you can be like, hey, cheeseburgers don't work well for me. Or, hey, these bean <laughs> quesadillas work well or something along the like you can get a better idea of fueling high, uh, fueling techniques and things like that that do and don't work for you. Um, yeah, you go and you do a little four mile yeah, loop and sure. you come back and you just feel gross. Okay, that may or may not have been a good fueling choice and you just know. All right. Avocado tomato wraps don't work well for me. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do think that there's a lot to be said about those kind of things. And I, I, and you, you mentioned it running at night. I, I know we all talk about running at night, but I don't know as well. I don't know how the whole populace handles that because you do need to get used to running at 3 a.m. or zero dark 30 kind of stuff. Yeah, like I used to do a whole lot more of that, like when I worked on, uh, like when I worked like the night, night shifts, I used to work like at 6 p.m. to 4.30 in the morning schedule. So like on my weekends, I just like, it's like, hey, it's 2 or 3 a.m. May as well go out for my run, you know, let's see what this is all about. But even right. at that, you know, there's still like a huge difference between say like that and like the middle of like 100 where it's like, well, I've been running for 15 hours now. I'm in the middle of God knows where. I'm completely alone. There's scary animals just coming out of the woods. <laughs> uh, my headlamp keeps blinking like it's about to die. On me. Dude, <laughs> dude, I've been there. That sucks. <laughs> that is the worst thing. When you're sitting there and you've got your headlamp turned all the way down, you're like, I don't know how much battery I have left. I forgot my battery and I cannot run with my cell phone flashlight. Which which, which, by the way, I cannot stress enough, if you are running overnight in like 100 or something like that, carry an extra headlamp. If yep. You will need it at some point if you yep. run enough of these things. You will you, you will need it. 
Yep. Or an extra battery. Hell, do both. <laughs> I mean, because what's the worst that can happen? You know, you, you don't need it. There you go. You got lucky. Or I guess the worst, that, that's the best that could happen. The worst that could happen is your flash or your, your extra battery, you didn't charge. And then you're, <laughs> you're still up Shit's Creek. So I don't, it's almost one of those, like, if you're, I'd almost rather carry two. Two sources, so a backup battery and a backup headlamp, just in case. Collectively, they don't take up much space. You can wrap the battery in the headband of your other flashlight or a headlamp. For all yeah. you minimalists out there, I'm not here for that debate. That's a pretty <laughs> that's a pretty easy thing. <laughs> um, for those people out here who are like you know fast enough to finish in the daylight, I wish I could experience that like one time in my life. <laughs> right, just one time. Can I get a Can I get a 50 mile or a 100 mile finish? You know, all in 12 hours. That will never <laughs> happen. It's. <laughs> Sounds interesting. One of the dogs is running around up there, and I don't know what they're doing. All I know is I hear my wife go, mm -mm. <laughs> uh, Sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> oh, man. Get two pointers, they said. It'll be fun, they said. So for those who don't know, I have two German short-haired pointers. I love them to pieces. I, I don't know as though I will ever have another breed, but good Lord, they are troublemakers, man. <laughs> Yeah, um, our our uh, Australian Shepherd that we uh, got that was born back in uh, October is a little uh, a little hellion of the household, just full of energy, just twenty four hours a day, just nonstop, always into something. They're tons of fun, man. So, um, do you run with any of your dogs? I don't think you do, do you? Uh, I have before. Um, I don't really a whole lot now. Why, you don't take the big bear running with you? <laughs> she doesn't have so much of a run as she does a, a gallop. Well, there you go. So, um, Let's kind of flip the script. What's the best moment you've ever had that's not a finish line? It's not a finish line? Oh, man. Um, yeah. What's, what's the that one moment where, for me, most of the time, it's sunrise on the next day. That is when I get this little burst, like, hell yeah, we made it through the night. The worst part's over. We're good. And you get this little burst. I remember when I was running with uh, Jason Thanell at the first No Business, we ran through the night together. His pacer was there. Um, and then sun came up and he just took off. And at this point, he's 180 miles into a run, not an 80 like the rest of us. He's 180 miles into the run. And he just takes off. And even his pacer's like, Shit, here we go. <laughs> boogity, 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 boys. Right? So, and he just and he just took off and it was like, man. Uh, so, I asked him about it. He's like, yeah, sunrise tends to tends to help. So, um, yeah, it is pretty reinvigorating. For sure. For sure. It's also fun, too, if you, um, if you ever have the availability to, like, go out somewhere, like, before sunrise, like, it's just like a training run or something like that. And, just watch it come up. Always, always enjoy that. That seems a little like you know hippie, whatever. But Sawani's got a Sawani's got a great spot for that. I remember we went down, you, me, and Will, 
uh, that one time, and we we started with headlamps, saw the sunrise, and it was pretty cool. Yeah, um, I'd love to do that somewhere up somewhere time. I'd love to do that sometime somewhere up like um, like at uh, Mount Lacant. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a place that, to the west of Nashville. I'll have to find it, but um, I don't know as though you could run up, but apparently you get some great views uh, to the west of Nashville. I'll have to try to find where the park is. Um, yeah, it was on some reel I was watching. So, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think some of my best moments have just been like, you know, uh, some of the runs like you're just talking about where it's just like, you know, just, you know, hanging out with the guys or friends or whatever, and just going on a little fun adventure type run. Um, mm-hmm. You know, no pressure as far as like, you know, race strategies or finishes or anything like that. Like, I know Jason always talks about the uh, run we did at uh, Gallenberg where we uh, had our little vertical yeah. mile up uh, yeah, from the parking lot. I, was, at a, I don't even yeah. know if I was a, a, a thing in. With y'all at that I, at that point, I think that may have been before I kind of came to know y'all. That would have been. When was that? Well, I don't I know. Was, it, it, I want to say that was like at the end of twenty. Oh, see, is that the end of like twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen? Yeah. So Jason and I were acquaintances then. But I don't think I'd run with the cows yet. I don't think I had done any of that. I had just done, it was end of 18. I had just done Ragnar with a complete group of strangers, which was interesting and fun, um, but interesting. Um, but I hadn't done any ultras at that point yet. So, um, but yeah, like runs like that or like uh, before our first car attempt, me and Will went out and, um, and did a I spent the days just up and down my client like twice. Um that was a whole lot of fun. Um yeah, just stuff like that. When it's when it's low pressure, yes. Those are just when you're just out with the boys, Saturdays are for the boys kind of thing. Let's just go see what kind of trouble we can get into. Um that's when you can get into trouble. <laughs> but that's also when you're just like, yeah, man, that was a you look back at it and you're like, that was a great run, man. And it's almost one of those. Can I, can I use that as some sort of, can I bottle up that feeling that way at 3am when everything sucks? Can I think back to that and be like, okay, that was, this is why I did that. So I could be ready for this moment. Do you ever look back on those kind of things when you're, uh, when you're, down in the mental pain cave and the physical pain cave. Do you ever think back on certain runs or certain emotions or certain moments, I guess, not to get all cheesy. Um, but, but yeah, I, I like, I, I think back to a lot of moments with Larkin and I'm like, man, I can't, it's almost, it, it's kind of twisted. If I'm being honest, like I have this deep fear of letting my kid down. And, and I, so it's almost one of those, like, she's the reason that I push so hard because I want her to see that if you put forth effort and you train and you do everything and you prepare yourself, you can do really fucking hard things. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> so, 
but it's also kind of sick at the same time because I'm like, man. Well, and so you were there at uh, when she was at the house this year um, after I didn't finish, and she goes, "Daddy, how did it?" Or I forget what she said. Um, or daddy, where's your medal or something? I don't remember exactly what she said, but it was really hard for me to look at her say, no, baby, I didn't finish. Yeah, but I mean, still through that all, that's a valuable life lesson. Right, you know? right. Maybe a little too valuable for a four-year-old to learn, but still, <laughs> <laughs> start them young, right? You got to start them young. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you, do you do you try to think back on those those running highs when you're in those running lows, or do you just try to live in the low? Because because that's a way out of it too, is to like really dwell in it and be like, yeah, this sucks, but I can do this because I've done this before. I just need to focus on the next step. One of the things that that I have started to say a lot is run the mile you're in. Or even if you have to break it down, run the half mile you're in. Don't worry about the, or I know a lot of people will be like, you know, just get to the next aid station, get to the next aid station. Sometimes that aid station is really far away. You know, I just got, I got to focus on something smaller. I just got to keep putting one foot in and embrace it. Um, or do you try to get out of that moment? What works for you? I don't know. I just, I think it's just a matter of just, even moving forward, I think I think a lot of like my mental lows come from like I know things like anxiety and just like a fear of like inadequacy. Like as in like Warner, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. Look at all these people that just passed you. They're they're, they're nowhere near as, you know, in shape as you are. <laughs> you just you just you're just terrible at this. What are you doing? type stuff um yeah <laughs> so like yeah i mean again just a matter of you know moving forward and just trying to like rationalize those thoughts i mean obviously anxiety isn't like a rational being um right and you can't always reason with it but i think that's where a lot of mine comes from yeah yeah and most of those happen probably at nighttime don't they Unless it's mile 14 of a 50K. Yeah, or if, you know, I'm just not having, like, a great race, you know, sometimes those types of thoughts will, like, come up. Mm -hmm. Mine tends to happen most at night. And so I, I haven't put two and two together as to how I can get better at feeling bad at night other than just feeling bad at night. So staying awake all day and putting the kid to bed and, you know, hang out with my wife for a little bit and then it's 11 o'clock and all right. Time to go run our 10 mile run. Um, there is that race that I, that I'm 98% sure I'm going to do. Um, the, in the heat of the night, 50 K in Alabama. Um, Hell which, yeah. <laughs> which is a 6 PM start time. Hell yeah. That's, that's some UTMB stuff right there. So, um, I think I might use that. One, because the, the race that I wanted to do for my fall or my spring race, I just, I'm not going to be ready for it. Life got way too busy. Um, and it was one of those things like, hey, running just has to take a backseat right now. As much as I don't want it to and as much as I need running for my psyche, it was one of those I'm, I'm needed at home more 
So running just has to wait. And I'm just not going to be 50 mile shape in. Yeah. And that's in bad a, in, in a month. So it was one of those. Okay. Let's get back into the swing of things. Disney's come and gone. That vacation's over. By the way, we averaged about 27,000 steps a day for nine days. Um, so <laughs> what, was, what was your, uh, what was your shoe choice there? Bondi eights. What with the Bondi Bondies. Yep. Rode with official, the extra thick boys. Official trail trash sanctioned shoe of the visiting Disney Ultra. <laughs> yep. There was, well, there was, so it was, I was in the Bondi eights eight of the nine days. Sorry, seven of the nine days. The day we traveled back, I wore Clifton's. Um, and then one day at the park was our designated water ride day. So like all the log rides, all the river boat rides, all those. So I was like, I don't want to get my Bondi soaked for the rest of the trip. So one day I did wear my crafts because they're essentially a mesh upper, super breathable. That with some Swiftwick socks, I knew my feet would be just fine and dry out pretty quick. And sure enough, they did. So, but I just, I just didn't want to wreck my comfy shoe by doing that. Did on you that. have, um, did you have any other gear uh, that came in handy there? Any other gear choices that were like, um, um, no, no flasks, no. <laughs> no. No, um, most of the time I was actually in, um, cause we did do laundry a couple times. So I didn't, um, so I kind of took advantage of that. I wore a lot of like sun hoodies. So like fishing shirts is really what I wore a lot of. Um, there was one day when we went to animal kingdom, I wore, um, a designated running shirt for that day. Cause that was, um, it was hot that day. It was like 87 and no clouds in sight. And I was like, I, mm -hmm. I understand that a sun hoodie, a fishing shirt that's super breathable, SPF, all that fun stuff. I get that. I understand that. That is probably the smarter choice. I just don't want long sleeves right now. <laughs> no, but no, I mean, I, I carried my Osprey backpack, you know, which is a, which is a day pack. Um, Pushed a stroller most of the time, so not only was it twenty seven thousand steps, it was twenty seven thousand <laughs> stroller steps. Um, yeah, we'll have to see if uh, we can get Koros to add that as an activity. <laughs> <laughs> Amusement park steps. So yeah, they, I did uh, not. I did not check because yeah, uh, see if they can break that down into like single and double strollers too for our larger families. They've got just about everything check. else added on there now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Can, can I make a Disney FKT? <laughs> what about uh, any uh, any nutrition strategies involved here? Or... <laughs> I did take a lot of element of all things. And I did get to thinking, like, element's great. I love the flavor. If you like salt. Is that, a, is that an electrolyte mix? It is. It is. And it is It is salt is pretty much is, is what most of it is, which... Salt is an electrolyte. That's what all your electrolytes are in their basic nature is mostly salt. Um, but I just knew with all that sun we did, my, my wife doesn't like element as much. She did a lot of liquid IV is her choice. Um, the one thing that, that an element would be a great middle distance, going to be out for a couple hours, don't need a lot of nutrition, hydration, because there's not a lot of calories in it. It's just like noon. It's it's great electrolyte. Or, uh, yeah. 
better uh, scratch. I, I like scratch just because of the flavor and how much scratch flavor is great, but it's at least got eighty calories or a hundred calories. Um, noon I think has ten, so you you really can't now. Noon does have for the hour long or farther stuff. They do have some fuel stuff. Um, I just I, the, one I, I, the one I absolutely hate though is Tailwind. Tailwind is trash. Tailwind wrecks my stomach. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I would probably use Element a lot more, but I would really have to dial in other calorie sources. You can't just rely on liquid calories with Element. But yeah. that salted watermelon flavor they have is so good. Sounds delicious. I'll have to, I'll have to take a look at that. Yeah. Um, circling back to this uh, this uh, Alabama race, uh, what was it called again? In the heat of the night, 50K. 50K? Yep. Okay. That's a, no hundred? No, I don't think it's the, I don't think there's a hundo. No. Listen, wasn't yeah. there a hundred you're looking at down there? There was. Um, oh, the hunt. Yeah, the hundred. That is a fall race. Okay. That is okay, early gotcha. September, and that is the Blue Heron Hundred. Okay. Um, so the um, the uh, six p.m. start time is an interesting dynamic. Sure, sure. So it's August thirteenth is when this in the heat of the night fifty k is. Oh, they do have a hundred k. So they have a ten k, twenty five k, fifty, and a hundred k. Um. Oh, sorry. This was last year's August thirteenth. <laughs> looks. It looks like it's August twelfth this year. But um, so I did, I cleared it with the wife. I said, hey, we don't have to take time off. And, and I think I may try to make this suck a lot more if I stick at just the 50K distance. And just wake up like normal, hop in a car, drive for four hours, get a couple things ready and just go run. Yeah. That way you're kind of used to. Now, granted, you haven't run for 15 hours. But you've still had a pretty full hours. day. Yeah. But, but you've still had stressful and taxing things happen. Yeah, like uh, being in the state of Alabama. <laughs> Rotad. <laughs> it's uh, Rotad. Yep, R-O-W, Rotad. No or just R-O. Stuff. You don't even have to put the W. Rotad. No offense to uh, some of our like Huntsville friends. We have a a lot of people we like down there, but Alabama's just not my first choice of state to be in. <laughs> Why? You belong in well, you belong with Jenny in Greenbow, Alabama. Greenbow, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> so back to making things suck. Anything else you want to talk about tonight? About just how you can get better at not sucking so much? Or any dark yeah. moments that you're like, man. Now that I think about it, that was probably the the darkest I've ever been, and this is yeah. So, well, and yeah. I guess my last question. Let me ask it this way: the darkest moment that you've had, did it win or did you come out of it? Oh man, I don't know. It's really hard to say. Again, it's hard to pick just like one dark moment as like you know my darkest spot. Um, I mean, I've had. You know, some in my DNFs. I've had some in my races that I finished. 
Um, they're never the same. They're always different for different reasons or challenges that come up. Um, the ones that obviously the ones that you're able to overcome are more satisfying than the ones you succumb to. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I will say the two darkest moments I've had, I finished the race. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only other one that I, that comes to mind that I haven't mentioned yet was like a, a second hundred mile finish at Rims River. That that overnight part of it just wrecked me real bad. And mm-hmm. I was just like, man. <laughs> like I didn't I didn't doubt that I could finish, but it was just so taxing. Mm-hmm. So taxing. One of those where you're just like not not to sleep while you're moving. Dude, that's the worst, man. When you uh, when you like crouch over, uh, just to, like stretch your knees a little bit, you know, and then you're like, oh god, I almost fell asleep. Like you almost like you gotta catch yourself. So. <laughs> Been there, done that. Got the race T-shirt to prove it. Yeah, I'd say I had some, um, you know, during uh, my scar finish last year, but. Ultimately, on that thing, you know, once you get past, well, let's see, I was going northbound. So once, you know, you get past um, seeing crew at a newfound gap, it's like, well, there's no bailout. So my only option right. is to finish. So no matter how especially much it sucks, I, just, I, I mean, I have to keep moving. There's no way around it. Right. Especially when you get that 50 or that halfway point in that 50K, and you're like, well, I can turn around and go the same distance backwards. Or the same distance forward, but I got to go one way or the other. Right. I mean, there are some bailout points you can, like, get out of there with. But, I mean, even those are, like, take so much time to get out of. It's like you may as well just finish the darn thing unless you're just in really, really um, dire shape. Right. Right. Well, I think that'll about wrap it up. Um. I just wanted to, I, I did want to talk about tonight the non glamorous side because I feel like so many people paint this, and, and, and I guess I shouldn't say it that way. A lot of times, your Monday medal pictures are glamorous pictures of people smiling at a finish line. Yeah, like the, the stuff you see on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think my favorite photos are dnf photos like the one you took of me just sitting in that chair where i look like i'm gonna die um or jason's notorious photo um that man you've got a great eye for taking people suffering pictures because you took that picture too damn <laughs> yeah, i that pa- picture of uh jason at um oh man what is the name of that aid station alvarado mm-hmm. man, i still get chills when i look at that because i can just feel it feel what is happening there <laughs> yeah yeah, I almost like the DNF pictures more than the than the the fake finish line photos of like, look what yeah. I did. So. Hopefully, I'll have a little bit more insight when I finish like this book I've got here, uh, "Mental Training for Ultra Running" by Addy Bracy. Oh yeah, comes at a recommendation of yeah my coach. Um, okay, haven't had a good chance to really just sit down and get into it yet though, but. 
Um, so far, it looks pretty solid, but again, <laughs> haven't got too far into it. Does Coop's book talk about mental stuff at all? I feel like it does. I just haven't. Yeah, it does a little bit. And he's covered that uh, on his podcast. Some of his recent podcasts actually he's had some talks with some uh, sports psychologist type people. Um, definitely worth a listen. Would yep. highly recommend it. Um, I feel like one strategy that he recommends um, that's pretty good is just uh, working through everything that could go wrong and say like, for example, like a hundred mile race or whatever it is you're working on and just thinking about, all right, if X happens, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, if X, Y, Z all happen at once, this is the plan. This is what I'm going to do. That way it's kind of, you kind of like have like a predetermined uh, workflow for when that stuff may or may not happen. Um, right. And you're not, making snap judgments when it's, you know, 2 a.m. in the morning and you're just tired as all get out. But Right. Yeah. Yeah. And now in to to take that real quick just a step farther, make sure your crew knows that too. Your your crew yeah. knows that if if X happens, this is what I need you to do. If XY happens, this is what has to be done. Yeah. You don't want them making snap judgments either. Like you almost have to have a battle plan with a map that says, this is it. Yeah. That's uh, one of those situations where, you know, I mean, I don't know everyone's family, but sometimes it's not always the best. It's that if you're like mother there, be like, Oh, I'm sorry. Right. feeling so bad. You've come so far. It's okay. You can, you can stop right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, there's a time and a place for that. Um, yeah. And that's why it's a double-edged sword when you take family as your crew um if you know i I would almost say this if you're going to take family take someone who is not a family member as well because your family members may or may not my wife will she will call me out on my bullshit um not everyone's spouse is like that take someone who's not afraid to hurt your feelings yeah and be very clear about you know those expectations beforehand Um, yeah don't just, you know, grab your crew and head out there and just, you know, wild card it. Just tell them, you know, walk them through, like, you know, everything that you need. Because your crew can do a big disservice or they can be an absolute savior for you when it's 2.30, 3.30 in the morning and, and you don't want to go. So, Absolutely. It, Pick your crew wisely and pick your pacers wisely. Which also goes with pick your crew wisely. So that's 1A and 1B. All right. Well, now that it's dark outside, I think I might go grab a run. <laughs> right on. <laughs> you can right. do it with or without a headlamp. Well, they're street lamps. Actually, they're street lamps. I'll be okay. I'll just do that. You <laughs> <laughs> go out there and train with a... Uh... Uh, a candle just in case <laughs> just a candle there you go nope. all right until next time friends catch you out there <laughs>